Benson, Steinbrenner, and front office morons. Your triumphs mean nothing. I don't know exactly which part of that clip from the great George Costanza that I channel the most, but I would basically say front office morons and you all stink, except the morons apply to Rob Manfred and he and all of he stinks. Welcome to MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California, for another edition of MLB Morning Coffee. My name is Greg Moraz. I am your host, as per usual. It is great to have you along. Before we get into business, I want to ask you to write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. It helps out our metrics tremendously. I say that at the beginning of every episode. I actually really mean it. Please do write those reviews, even if it's just a Greg is awesome or Greg, you all stink, just like George Costanza said. I would be good with either one. Any review, any rating. In fact, if you don't even want to leave a review, just hit five stars on your podcast app. That's all you got to do. Just hit five stars and you're on your way. And you get a free prize, which at this point is yet to be determined. But anyway. I want to start off some of these shows, instead of just going straight into the daily update, if there is a big news item, I know that if you're listening to the recaps and how we do the format of these shows now, I still want to have a couple of editorial pots, but at least in the daily recap format that we're going with during the season, I want to be able to have an opening segment where I talk about the big issues of the day, and I wake up this morning to find out that the Cardinals and the Brewers have been postponed, and that is because the Cardinals had two positive COVID-19 tests on their team that were discovered earlier this morning. Those tests were administered prior to a game in Minnesota against the Twins two days ago. Now, here's the thing that is concerning to me. The Minnesota Twins played on Thursday against the Cleveland Indians. The Cleveland Indians were in the clubhouse that the St. Louis Cardinals played. Now, a lot of people, and myself included, figured, well, the Miami Marlins had an outbreak, and the Philadelphia Phillies are in rough shape. I think that everybody has gotten the message, and that everybody is going to follow the protocols to the best of their God-given ability. Well, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, because two Cardinals players have it, and now the Central is affected, and it affects four teams. The Cardinals, it affects the Brewers because they're supposed to play the Cardinals, and that game yesterday was postponed. Today's game is supposed to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. By the time you're listening to this, I'm not necessarily sure if they will have made a determination on whether or not that game is going to happen, but in any event, I am betting on that game not happening. They're apparently scheduling a doubleheader for Sunday. I still don't think any games get played in Milwaukee between the Cardinals and the Brewers. And by the way, it was worth noting that the Cardinals did not make the trip to Miller Park. That was supposed to be a day game yesterday. So they made that call very early in the day. So 
good on you to Milwaukee and St. Louis. However, the Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Indians played a game last night, and I don't think that was a game that should have been played. And the reason why I say that is that based on how everything spreads, the Twins were playing the Cardinals. The Cardinals that contracted COVID-19, they got it in Minnesota. The test that turned up positive was administered in Minnesota. Those Cardinals potentially played in a game against the Twins, came to Milwaukee, and then the Indians went into the same clubhouse where those Cardinals were, and they played a game. And that's going to be the first game on our docket because I don't necessarily know if we're going to talk about an Indians or a Twins game. Again, we're recording this very early, so we don't know if there's going to be a positive test between the Twins or the Indians tomorrow. That remains to be seen. So I think that maybe they get the game in today, but tomorrow we may wake up and say, oh gosh, there are positive tests on the Twins and the Indians, and now we're going to have to shut them down. The Miami Marlins are bussing their infected players back to Miami on a bus, and then the players that remain and the new players that get flown in, they're going to be in Philadelphia, and then when they get to go ahead, they're going to go on a really long road trip. It somewhat begs the question, is this really worth it anymore? Is it smart to be playing baseball when the lag time on tests is this far behind and you may have guys going out and playing baseball games who are positive, but you just don't know that they're positive until two days later? The lag time in testing is absolutely brutal, and that, in my opinion, is what is going to kill this Major League season. But in any event, let us talk about some baseball while we still have it. But for now, let's just recap. There were six Major League Baseball teams that did not play a game yesterday. The Marlins, the Phillies, the Blue Jays, who were supposed to play the Phillies, the Nationals, who were supposed to play the Marlins, the Cardinals, and the Brewers. The Cardinals and Brewers are supposed to play today. I don't know if that happens. The Indians and Twins are now also in this zone of acrimony, and I don't know if they're going to play or not. I guess only time will tell. Rob Manfred then came out with a story Friday afternoon to Jeff Passan of ESPN saying if the protocols aren't being followed and the safety guidelines are not adhered to, that Major League Baseball could shut down the entire season. Now, I'm not going to get into the full length of this because Rob Manfred and the owners did not put together a fully comprehensive list of safety protocols. Protocol is a buzzword. I'm going to try and avoid using it as much as I can. But they didn't put together a comprehensive manual that was deep enough to be able to determine what to do if an outbreak occurs within a team. In that regard, they 100% failed. So Rob Manfred once again coming out blaming the players when in reality it was his owners and his administration that did not come up with a plan in regards to what to do when a team has an outbreak within it. Again, I go back to the Marlins and Phillies. That game never should have been played Rob Manfred should have stopped that. It didn't happen. And now you've got two teams that are out of commission for the foreseeable future. But two teams that are still playing for now, the Twins and the Indians, did battle on Friday night at Target Field. 
Max Kepler has been a spark plug at the top of the Twins lineup, and he struck early once again. A drive right center field. Hit very deep and gone. Into the second deck. One of two homers Minnesota would hit on the day. They scored all four of their runs in the first two innings, three in the first, one in the second, as the Twins down the Indians 4-1. to one. That home run you just heard, Max Kepler, started off the ball game for Minnesota, and then Eddie Rosario had a two-RBI double. Alex Avila hit a solo shot in the second inning. That put Minnesota up 4-0. Cleveland would only get a run in the top of the sixth inning thanks to an RBI from Framil Reyes. Mike Clevenger took the loss for Cleveland. He allows four runs on six hits in four innings, walks five, strikes out five. Randy Dobnak gets the win. He goes five shutout, three hits allowed, two walks, and four strikeouts. Taylor Rogers picks up the save, his second of the year for Minnesota, as he goes one perfect ninth inning. Minnesota is 5-2, and two, Cleveland is 5-3. and three. Eddie Rosario went 2-4 for four with 2 RBI for the Twins. Jorge Polanco goes 2-4 for four as well for Minnesota. Max Kepler 1-3, for three. Alex Avila 1-3. For, for Cleveland, Cesar Hernandez 2-4. for four. He was the only Indian with multiple hits. Framil Reyes goes 1-4 for four with an RBI. Our next stop on MLB Morning Coffee takes us to Colorado, where the Padres and the Rockies were locked in a close battle. Fan hits it in the air to left field. Hilliard going back at the wall. It's gone! Tommy Pham with a three-run home run puts the Padres on top, 8-5. to five. Tommy Pham has come up big for the Padres in the ninth. That three-run Tommy Pham homer was part of a four-run top of the ninth inning for San Diego as they come back and beat Colorado 8-7. It was 5-4 Rockies going into the top of the ninth inning. Fernando Tatis Jr. hit his second homer of the year against Wade Davis to tie the game, and then with two on and two out, Tommy Pham hits a line shot to left center field, scoring Trent Grisham and Manny Machado to make it 8-5. Craig Stanton got the win out of the bullpen for San Diego. Wade Davis took the loss. Drew Pomeranz picked up the save, his second of the year. For San Diego, eight runs on 10 hits, no errors. For Colorado, seven runs on 14 hits and one error. Padres are 6-2. Colorado falls to 4-2. Rockies got two in the bottom of the first inning on a Charlie Blackman two-run homer. Padres got three in the top of the sixth inning. On an RBI single from Manny Machado, a fielder's choice ground out from Tommy Pham, and a wild pitch by John Gray. Matt Kemp then gave Colorado the 4-3 lead with a double in the bottom of the sixth inning. Tatis then tied the game again in the top of the seventh on an RBI single. Colorado took the lead back on Trevor Story's third homer of the year in the bottom of the seventh, and it remained 5-4 until that four-run top of the ninth inning. Rockies got two in the bottom of the frame, but it was for naught as Drew Pomeranz came in, bailed out Kirby Yates, who gave up two runs on three hits, two walks, and no strikeouts. Garrett Richards got the start for San Diego. He allows four earned runs on eight hits in five and two-thirds innings, one walk and six strikeouts. John Gray got the start for Colorado. Two earned runs, three total on four hits in five and two-thirds innings, one walk and two strikeouts. 
For the Rockies in defeat, Charlie Blackman was 3-for-5 with 3 RBI and 2 runs scored. Trevor Story, 3-for-5 with an RBI and 2 runs scored. David Dahl, 2-for-5 with 1 run scored. Ryan McMahon with an RBI. He went 2-for-4 with a run scored. For San Diego, Fernando Tatis Jr., 2-for-5 with a home run, 2 RBI and a run scored. Tommy Pham, though, the star of the show, 2-for-5 with 4 RBI and a run scored. Jake Cronenworth went 2-for-4 as well for San Diego. We move on next to Kansas City, where veteran Dallas Keuchel for the White Sox took on Chris Bubich for the Royals, who was making his Major League debut. 2-2 in the air to left to drive for Angle. Gordon back, track, and the wall, gone! Adam Angle, bring him home. It's 3-0. That three-run homer from Adam Angle were the only runs the White Sox had the whole day but they were the only runs that the White Sox needed as they held on to beat the Royals by a 3-2 score. White Sox are 3-4. Royals are 3-5. Dallas Keuchel gets the win. He is 2-0. Chris Bubich takes the loss. He is 0-1. The save to Alex Colomay, his first. Keuchel allows two runs on seven hits in five and a third innings, one walk and two strikeouts. Meanwhile, Bubich allows two earned runs, three total on three hits, in four innings, one walk and three strikeouts, a perfect ninth for Colome. Tim Anderson goes two for three for the White Sox. Angle goes one for four with that three-run homer. White Sox had just four hits in the ballgame. For Kansas City, Salvador Perez goes three for four with an RBI. Ryan McBroom, two for four with an RBI. Nicky Lopez goes one for three with a run scored. The Detroit Tigers are officially a positive surprise to start the 2020 season, and they did damage once again, hosting the Cincinnati Reds at Comerica Park. Romine waits on the 3-2. Here it is. Goes the other way. And through the hole on the right side. What a piece of hitting there. Reyes will score without a throw, and the Tigers have bumped the lead to two thanks to Austin Romine's solid night. A very solid night indeed for Austin Romine. He goes two for three with two RBI and two runs scored. He also drew a walk as the Tigers beat the Reds 7-2. Detroit is 5-3 now. The Reds off to a rocky start at 2-5. Spencer Turnbull got the win. He goes six innings, allows two runs on three hits, one walk and six strikeouts. Luis Castillo takes the loss for Cincinnati. Five earned runs on eight hits over six innings, one walk, and six strikeouts. It was a scoreless ball game until the bottom of the third inning. That's when the Tigers got a sack fly from Nico Goodrum. Reds took a 2-1 lead in the top of the fifth inning thanks to a Nick Senzel ground ball RBI double and a Tucker Barnhart RBI single. I don't know why I put the fact that it was a ground ball in there. That's just what I'm reading off of MLB's game tracker. But in the bottom of the fifth inning, the Tigers took the lead back, thanks to a game-tying double from the aforementioned Austin Romine, and thanks to an RBI single from Jacoby Jones. That highlight you just heard was Austin Romine extending the lead to 4-2, and then the key bit of insurance came in the bottom of the eighth inning, thanks to a two-run double from Travis Demerit. Other than Austin Romine, a two-hit performance for Jonathan Scope, he goes two for four. Jacoby Jones goes two for four with an RBI. Christian Stewart goes two for three with a run scored. Victor Ray is one for four with two runs scored. 
Reds were held to just three hits in the ball game, with the RBI coming from Nick Senzel and Tucker Barnhart. A continued good start to the year for the Chicago Cubs as their offense was back at work at Wrigley Field against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Still a bird, right? Kipnis up in the air to right. Way back there, and it is gone! A home run for Kipnis. Cubs lead 2 to nothing. The first home run as a Cub for Jason Kipnis, a Chicagoland native. Cubs beat the Pirates 6-3 on Friday night at Wrigley Field. Cubs are 5-2, Pirates are 2-5. Yu Darvish picks up the win, six shutout innings. He strikes out seven, walks only one, and allowed just two hits. Trevor Williams took the loss for Pittsburgh. He allowed two earned runs, three total runs, on four hits in four and two-thirds innings, walked three, struck out six. Pirates issued seven walks as a staff. For the Cubs, Kipnis had a two-hit performance, had an RBI, a walk, and a run scored. That was on that homer. Ian Happ goes two for four with a run scored. Anthony Rizzo, a one-for-three performance with two RBI. Javier Baez, one-for-five. Chris Bryant, one-for-three with two runs scored. Jason Hayward had a two-RBI day as he goes two-for-four. For the Pirates, they got two home runs. They both came in the ninth inning. Josh Bell hit his first. Bell on the day went one-for-four. And Colin Moran hit his fourth to put the Pirates within three Both of those homers came against Craig Kimbrell, the Cubs' $15 million a year closer, who was put in with a five-run lead in the top of the ninth inning. Kimbrell has been bad, to say the least, early on this season, and really he's been bad his whole Cubs career. I will be curious to see if the Cubs are in contention, whether or not they go out and get another closer, or whether somebody else ends up coming and taking that spot from him internally. Colin Moran went two for four with that home run and a run scored. He was the only Pirate that had multiple hits on the ball game. Welp, rivalry renewed in New York as the Yankees were taking on the Red Sox. Here's Judge. High fly ball, right center. On the run, Bradley leaps. It is gone. A home run for Aaron Judge. A two-run blast. And that gives the Yankees a two-to-one lead. Third homer of the year for Judge. His second straight night with a homer. Yankees also got a blast from Gio Urshela, his first, and Brett Gardner, his first, as the Yankees cruised to a 5-1 victory over the Red Sox at Yankee Stadium on Friday night. Yankees are 5-1, Red Sox are 3-5. Winning pitcher Jordan Montgomery, he allows one run on five hits in five and two-thirds innings, one walk and four strikeouts. Ryan Weber takes the loss for Boston. He allows three runs on four hits in three and a third, walks four, doesn't strike out anybody. For the Yankees, Brett Gardner goes one for two. He has two RBI and two walks along with one run scored. Gio Urshela goes two for four with his home run and one run scored. Glaber Torres two for four on the ball game. DJ LeMayhew another multi-hit night as he goes three for five. For the Red Sox, Xander Bogarts had the only multi-hit game as he goes two for three. Michael Chavis hit a home run in the third inning off of Jordan Montgomery. That gave the Red Sox an initial one nothing lead. That was their only run of the ball game. Chavis goes one for three. 
Orioles are showing some fight early on to Baltimore for the Rays and the O's. Santander struck out his first at bat. Fly ball, well hit, deep center field. Kiermaier back, back, back. And can't get it. It's out of here for a two-run homer. Give it his glove. Hit well, deep center field. Kiermaier racing back on this one. Forget about it. It's gone. Severino with his second homer in two games, and the Orioles have the lead, and suddenly Blake Snell is giving up the long ball. Those were two of the three home runs that Baltimore hit in the game. They double up Tampa 6-3. to three. Orioles are 3-3. Three and three. Rays are 4-4. Four and four. Paul Fry gets the win. He is 1-0. Out of the bullpen, Fry went one and two-thirds innings, allowed one run on one hit, walked one, struck out two. Peter Fairbanks takes the loss for Tampa. He allows one run on two hits in one and a third innings, one walk and two strikeouts. Save goes to Cole Sulser, who pitches a perfect ninth inning. Anthony Santander had a fantastic day as he goes three for four with a home run and three RBI. Pedro Severino, as you also heard on that highlight, hit a home run. He went two for four. Rio Ruiz goes two for four for Baltimore. And Renato Nunez goes two for four with two runs scored. We'll recap for you how the Orioles took the lead for good. It was 3-2 Baltimore after that home run you heard from Severino. But in the top of the fifth inning, Brandon Lau hit a solo homer to tie the game up at three for Tampa. And then Santander Broke the 3-3 tie with an RBI single in the bottom of the fifth inning. Orioles extended the lead with a Rio Ruiz fielder's choice ground out. And then Hanser Alberto hit his second homer of the year to make it 6-3 in favor of Baltimore. For Tampa, nobody in the lineup had multiple hits. The RBI went to Brandon Lau, Yoshi Tsutsugo, and Hunter Renfro. It was a shootout, to say the least, in Atlanta. Both teams in double digits. Yes, that's right. Both teams in double digits. Let's take you to the Mets and the Braves. Changes the at-bat pitch. Line drive into right center field. Base hit. One run scores. Two runs score. Ozuna to third. Darno to second. He's coming around. Right got it now. The throw. Late. He came around and scored. That bases clearing double turned a 10-8 Mets lead into an 11-10 Braves lead all part of a five-run bottom of the eighth inning as Atlanta comes back to beat New York on a rainy night in Georgia, 11-10. Braves are 5-3, and three, Mets are 3-5. and five. Grant Dayton gets the win out of the Braves' bullpen. He goes one scoreless inning in the eighth. Seth Lugo takes the loss for the Mets. He also gets his second-blown save allows one run in two-thirds of an inning, although most of the runs in that fifth inning went to Dellen Batansis, who allowed four runs on two hits, walked two, struck out one in a third of an inning. The save in the game went to Chris Martin, who pitched a scoreless ninth inning for Atlanta. For the Braves, Dansby Swanson two for four with two RBI and two runs scored. Matt Adams goes two for three with two RBI. Travis Darno, the star of the show, though, he goes three for four with five runs batted in on the ball game. For the Mets, Brandon Nimmo goes two for five with two runs scored. J.D. Davis, two for three with three RBI. Davis hit his second homer of the year off of Sean Newcomb in the fourth inning. 
Also homers for the Mets from Robinson Cano, his first off of Newcomb, and Ahmed Rosario in the sixth inning off of Yolis Chessin. Braves had an early 2-0 lead in this ball game, but the Mets scored two in the top of the fourth inning and six in the top of the fifth to make it 8-2 New York. Braves got three in the bottom of the fifth inning to make it an 8-5 ball game, but the Mets then scored two in the top of the sixth to extend the lead to 10-5, then a run for Atlanta in the bottom of the sixth made it 10-6, and then five in the bottom of the eighth, as we just mentioned, and that makes it an 11-10 Braves final. Have I told you on this podcast that Kyle Lewis of the Seattle Mariners is a stud? Well, Kyle Lewis, once again, was a stud. We'll show you how against the Oakland A's. The payoff. Dazzy's getting nervous. Here comes Crawford steaming around third. Six straight multi-hit games for Kyle Lewis. He tacks on another. It's 5 nothing Mariners. The great Aaron Goldsmith already beat me to the punch. Six straight multi-hit games for Kyle Lewis. He has hit safely in all eight games this year for Seattle as the Mariners beat the A's 5-3. Mariners jumped out to a 5-0 lead. They scored three in the fourth inning and two in the fifth inning. A's scored three in the top of the eighth inning, but the Mariners got the job done in the end. The runs were scored this way. Kyle Seeger with a two-RBI double against Sean Manaya in the fourth inning, and then Austin Nola followed with an RBI single to make it 3 to nothing. Tim Lopes, an RBI fielder's choice in the bottom of the fifth inning, followed by that single you just heard from Kyle Lewis. A's would get two on a two-RBI triple from Marcus Simeon and one on a Ramon Laureano sack fly, but it would not be enough as Taylor Williams notched his second save of the season, for Seattle. Winning pitcher for the Mariners was Taiwan Walker. He was brilliant. Seven innings of one hit baseball, no runs allowed, two walks, and eight strikeouts. Sean Manaya, four and a third innings, allows five runs, three earned on six hits, no walks, and four strikeouts. Mariners are four and four. The A's have lost three in a row. They are now three and four. Have you ever heard of Chadwick Tromp? Well, now you have, and you'll hit him here a baseball pretty hard to San Francisco for the Giants and the Rangers. Line drive down the left field line. That's a fair ball, and on the move is Ruff. And they're going to wave in Ruff. Here's the relay from Andrews. It is not in time as it hits Ruff in the back. And Kendrick Trump with a ringing double down the left field line. The first Major League RBI for Chadwick Tromp. The Giants pounce on the Rangers in the middle innings with three in the fifth, two in the sixth, and three in the seventh, beating Texas 9-2. Giants are at 500-4-4. Rangers are at 2-4. Connor Menez gets the win out of the Giants' bullpen, an inning and a third of scoreless relief. Mike Miner takes the loss for Texas. He goes five and two-thirds innings, six runs on nine hits, two walks, and three strikeouts. The big hit, though, was Wilmer Flores' three-run homer against Miner in the bottom of the fifth inning. That gave the Giants a 4-2 lead. They would not look back from there. Tromp's RBI double helped extend the lead in the bottom of the sixth inning. Then the Giants got three in the bottom of the seventh thanks to a Donovan Solano RBI single and a Darren Ruff two-RBI double.
Looking at the Giants' box score, Wilmer Flores, one for four with three RBI and two runs scored. Chadwick Tromp, two for four with an RBI and two runs scored. Mauricio Dubon, two for three with an RBI, a walk, and a run scored. For Texas, nobody had multiple hits in the ball game, but the two RBI came courtesy of Joey Gallo, who went one for three, and Sinsu Chu, who hit a solo homer. Well, something finally needed to go right for Arizona, and it did at home on Friday night against the L.A. Dodgers. Walker sends one out to right center. Betts was shaded over there. He can't get it. It gets to the wall. Marte scores. Calhoun is home. Here comes Escobar. Christian Walker, a three-run double. It's 4-3 Diamondbacks. That Christian Walker bases-clearing double was part of a four-run bottom of the eighth inning as the Diamondbacks come back to beat the Dodgers 5-3. to three. Diamondbacks improved to 3-5. and five. Dodgers fall to 5-3. and three. Hector Rondon gets the win for Arizona. He is 1-0. The loss to Blake Trinan, he is 0-1. The save to Archie Bradley, his second. Rondon gets the win by pitching just a third of an inning. Trinan, by the way, gave up all four runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. None of them were earned thanks to a Justin Turner error. For Arizona offensively, Christian Walker 2-for-4 with 3 RBI all coming on that double. Cattell Marte goes 2-for-4 with 2 runs scored. Cole Calhoun 1-for-2 with 2 walks in RBI and a run scored. Can't forget David Peralta who goes 2-for-4 with an RBI. Dodgers had good performances from Mookie Betts, who goes 3-for-5 with 2 RBI and a run scored, along with Corey Seager, who goes 2-for-4 with a run scored and an RBI. Dodgers had two homers in the game, coming from Betts in the fourth inning, his first as a Dodger, and Seager in the eighth, his third. Tony Gonsolin got the start for L.A. He goes four innings of one-hit baseball, no runs allowed, one walk and one strikeout. Zach Gallen goes six innings for Arizona. He allows two runs on five hits, strikes out nine while walking just one. Let's finish off the night in Anaheim for the Angels and the Astros. Past La Stella into right field. Brantley will score. Yuli will score. Tucker to second base. That was part of a four-run top of the second inning and a big night for Kyle Tucker as the Astros outslug the Angels 9-6 in Angels Stadium. Houston has started the season 4-3, while the Angels are an American League worst 2-6. Winning pitcher Brandon Belak. He is 2-0 as he goes two scoreless innings out of the bullpen, doesn't allow a hit, walks three, and strikes out two. Matt Andriese takes the loss for L.A. as he allows four runs in an inning and two-thirds, walks three, and strikes out just one. Andre Scrub picks up the save for Houston, his first. Big day offensively for Kyle Tucker. He goes 3-for-5 with 4 RBI and 2 runs scored. Also a pair of multi-RBI games for Jose Altuve, who had 2 RBI despite going 0-for-4. George Springer goes 2-for-4 for his 2 RBI. For the Angels, Brian Goodwin hit a home run. He went 2-for-3 with 3 RBI and 2 walks. 
David Fletcher goes two for three with three runs scored, an RBI, and two walks. Remember, Mike Trout is currently on the paternity list due to the birth of his first child. That is your recap for Friday, July 31st, 2020. Normally the trade deadline, but in 2020, obviously everything is weird. So let's take a look at today's ball games, at least as they are scheduled. We start at 1.10 Eastern Time as the 2-5 Reds take on the 5-3 Tigers. Trevor Bauer goes for Cincinnati. He is opposed by Michael Fulmer for Detroit. At 6.05 Central Time, the 3-4 White Sox take on the 3-5 Royals. Gio Gonzalez makes the start for Chicago. Ronald Bolaños for Kansas City. The 3-5 Red Sox take on the 5-1 Yankees at 7.07 Eastern Time. Zach Godley goes for Boston. Masahiro Tanaka makes his season debut for New York. At 7.07 Eastern Time, 4.07 Pacific Time, the 4-3 Astros are at the 2-6 Angels. It'll be Zach Granke for Houston, opposed by Griffin Canning for the Angels. 3-5 Mets are at the 5-3 Braves at 7-10 Eastern. Michael Waka goes for New York. Tuki Toussaint for Atlanta. 6-10 Central Time, and we will wait to see if this game ends up getting played. I'm still very wary given everything surrounding COVID in Minnesota. Carlos Carrasco for Cleveland, Kenta Maeda for Minnesota. We will move on to Baltimore, 7:35 Eastern start. Four and four Rays, three and three Orioles. Tyler Glasnow for Tampa. Wade LeBlanc for Baltimore. Five and three Dodgers at the three and five Diamondbacks at 6:10 Mountain Time. Julio Urias for LA. Luke Weaver for Arizona. By the way, that is a Pacific Time start. I don't know why I said Mountain Time. This game is in Mountain Time. The 6-2 Padres at the 4-2 Rockies. Joey Lucchese for San Diego. Kyle Freeland for Colorado. 8-15 Eastern Time, 7-15 Central in Chicago. 2-5 Pirates at the 5-2 Cubs. Mitch Keller for Pittsburgh. Tyler Chatwood for Chicago. 6-10 Pacific Time, the 2-4 Rangers at the 4-4 Giants. Jordan Lyles goes for Texas. Starter, once again, to be announced for San Francisco. And then finally, the A's at 3-4 at the Mariners, 4-4. No starter yet for Oakland, you say Kikuchi for Seattle. The game between the Cardinals and the Brewers is supposed to start at 6-10 Central. Jack Flaherty versus Brett Anderson. I am doubtful that game is going to happen. Also a friendly reminder that because of COVID-19 with the Phillies and the Marlins, neither the Marlins, Phillies, Nationals, or Blue Jays are playing this weekend. That is your scoreboard for today, or rather I should say your preview. And we appreciate you listening to another edition of MLB Morning Coffee. Have a great day of baseball, everybody, and we will catch you tomorrow morning.